Hi and welcome, I'm Vicki Santana and welcome to the Follow the Yogi podcast. Here, as yoga teachers, as global citizens, we learn the practice of yoga, the philosophy of the practice of yoga. Stay tuned as I marry the practice of yoga with the practice of life. So happy that you're here. Let's get started. They say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And as I watch my black cat Thor, I think of that saying, he's watching Mr. and Mrs. Red out there, our cardinals that visit, visit us every year. Try as he may, he still hasn't gotten the concept of if you lunge, you're going to hit the glass. And he keeps doing it over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And that's kind of the theme of why I threw out my journals of 40 years. So let's get to it. Now I've been journaling my life for, like I said, over 40 years. And I love my journaling time. It's a way of talking to my best friend, which is me. And without needing any filters and without the fear that I'm going to offend me, (laughs) I'm difficult to offend, but me offending myself, yeah, that's definitely not going to happen. Now let's go way back. When I was really young, my mom gave me my very first journal. It was pink. And back then they called them diaries. In fact, every page started with Dear Diary and it had a little golden key to it. And I don't know why, but I found that little key to be almost magical. Here I could talk. I could get my emotions out, get my history out in a nice, quiet fashion, in an organized way with no interruptions. So I basically had a place to talk and get out all of these thoughts and emotions that I had and then keep them private and keep them to myself. And that whole process for me was such a saving grace. It was a place, a soft place to land for a really, really long time. Now, usually I came to my journal when I needed to get pain out or when going through a difficult time in my life. I would scribe for hours, pouring my thoughts, tears, and fears onto these beautiful pages. It really did help. Because let's be real, life is super busy. Our friends aren't going to be there to listen to every single story that we have. And many times repeating the same story over and over and over again, as we try to process our emotions, as we try to process situations. So having that safe place that was always there for me was just a gift. Now I wrote the negative, the bad and the painful stuff that happened in my life, but I also used it to talk about the new boy in my life, how I got an A on a test and the dreams that I had for the future. I wrote my relationship inventory, my life inventory, most of my business ideas in my journals. Now, although I didn't write pages every day, I did jot down the things that I was grateful for every day. So at the bare minimum, I would write three things that I was grateful for. I felt that writing them out was important when the word is written. I think it has a lot more weight to it because someone had to think about it. It's not just something that is off the cuff. And any journal entry that I did do always ended with three things that I was grateful for because I just didn't want to go out into the world in a negative vibration, holding that negative vibe. I wanted to ground myself and bring myself back into the present moment. And one of the ways that I love to do that is just listing things that I'm grateful for. And it's a wonderful thing because once you start listing, you start with the little things, right? But once you start listing, 
It's amazing how, oh, and this one, oh, and this person, oh, and this situation, oh, and the, I'm grateful for this, da, 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 da. And before you know it, you've written 20 things down, maybe that you weren't thinking about for, but because you used the process of just writing and just starting to write, you got reminded of the things that you were grateful for. My journal was also the place where I documented every excruciating detail of every transgression during one of the most difficult relationships in my life. It was that very writing that saved me and moved me to throw out my journals, but I get ahead of myself. What I never noticed about my journaling process was there was a lot of output, but there really was never any reading of my journal entries. Once I wrote them, that I forgot about whatever situation or emotion, because you do end up feeling better once you write them out or once you identify the story. And I never ever went back and read any of my journal entries. I don't know why over 40 years, it really never even dawned on me to review them, to look back or even to revisit them. I had no interest. It wasn't even a thought, but that was where my demise was. Then one day I was taking a photo of some of my journals for an Instagram post and I looked at them and I had this feeling of pride when I looked at them. And I really couldn't understand it. I kind of tilted my head and I went, pride? What the heck am I proud of? Maybe that I kept up with my writing? Maybe that I consider myself an expert journaler? <laughs> ego right there. Maybe because I stuck with something for so long. Actually, it was my ego. It was looking at the journals and it was so proud that so much had been written. The journals were beautiful. They were leather bound with gold edges on the pages. I really stepped up from my little pink diary from when I was a kid. I looked at it, a battle scar, almost a badge of honor, having written all of these stories about myself. Now I know for a long time that once I experience something like that, once I catch my ego in that kind of a situation, there's something that needs to be tended to. There's something that I need to do to help me move past that particular trigger point. But I couldn't figure it out right there. So I just scooped up my journals. And as I was trying to put them back into their little box, one of them fell out and it fell out face up open to a page. Instead of just closing it up and putting it back on the shelf, I decided to just read a couple of pages of it. And I really couldn't put it down. And it wasn't because it was super interesting. I mean, for me, journal writing is something that is, it's not perfect. It's not punctuated. It's not in story. It's really more bulletproof thoughts, emotions, almost like a shotgun effect. But what was so interesting for me to read that was, it was like I was reading information of the story or the journal of a total stranger. Although I remember what I was writing about, I really didn't remember the emotions that went behind all of that writing. And although I know that I had experienced those things, it was almost like an out-of-body experience where I felt sad for the little girl that had written these things. Not sad for me, because I had worked through most of those issues. Never all, right? Because we're always a work in progress. But I felt sad for that little girl that she had to write those things, that she had to experience those things. But it wasn't from the place of, I am that little girl, and those emotions are inside of me. So 
It was surprising that I had that much objectivity. Compassion? Yes. Memory of the emotion? Yes. But that, that was the odd part. It was more of a memory of the emotion than the actual onslaught or experience of the emotion. And I took that as really, really good. I took it as healing those parts of myself. So that was a validation. And I kind of kicked myself. I was thinking, man, why haven't I read these journals before? It's interesting. It's nice to go down memory lane. So I committed to reading my journals a little bit at a time. And it actually took me about three months to get through all of them. Of course, you're not reading every single little detail. You're going from one page to another and finding what find, what you find most interesting. But then I fast forwarded to the worst times in regards to a relationship that I had. And I don't know why, but I decided to compare the very first entry of the time frame of that relationship to the most current entries that I had in the current journal that I was writing in. And I just stood there frozen with my jaw dropped. I looked at the writings or the entries of seven years prior, and then I looked at the entries of the current moment. And when I tell you I could have written both entries on the same day, that's what left me almost ice cold. Now, I was still in the relationship, so all of this was very, very fresh. But what I realized was nothing had changed. See, in the past, when I was writing in my diary, I was writing what was going on, what I was feeling, and then I also allowed myself the time to feel those emotions. As a child, you don't know why you do the things that you do. You just let your intuition guide you. But as of an adult, and especially in that situation, I was more caught up in writing the story and getting the immediate gratification of emotional relief, releasing some of that pressure, and then I would move on and then I would go forward, not realizing that the moment I would write it down, I was convincing myself or had gotten into the habit of conditioning myself that once I wrote it down and I felt some release, it was almost like I told myself the problem had been fixed. So I write it down. I forget about it, not realizing that for over seven years, I was recycling the same problems with this person over and over and over again. And in reading these journals, I realized that the problems were like three rudimentary problems. It came up in different flavors, but it was always the exact same root problems. And when I would write down in my journal, it kind of gave me what I call now relationship amnesia. It happened in a certain way. So I detailed it in a certain way. So if it doesn't happen exactly like this, then the problem has been solved. You see, every time I journaled, it was not to find a solution, but to vent. Every time I wrote about the problems, I was inadvertently reinforcing my position as a victim. I was so caught up in trying to write the story, relive the story, and get my voice heard somehow, and in that case it was putting it in my journal, I was so consumed with the story and the role of victim that I played in the story that I never got around to actually find a solution because I kept writing about the story I kept writing about the transgressions. I kept writing about how someone else had hurt me. 
I kept on with the label, the role, the story of the victim. And it wasn't until I looked at two pages that were written seven years apart. It wasn't until that moment that I realized that my journaling wasn't really helping me. It was giving me a place to vent, but I was not addressing the root problems. And one of them was, this is never going to change. That person is never going to change. I'm never really going to change. Even though I can change to some degree and I can control how much I change, if these things still exist, I don't want to change to support these root value issues or differences that is in this relationship. And I was really disappointed in myself in that moment because as much healing as I had done, it was obvious that there was so much more that I had to do on myself. You better believe that I read those journals. I read every page of that part of my journals. And I really not so much relived, but now committed a lot of these things to memory. Because again, that relationship amnesia would make me not see what was happening in the present moment. And once I read all of those entries, once I understood where I was coming from, you know, every I'll fix it or I'll change or I'm serious this time. Or I promise this is for real this time. All those things now fell on deaf ears because I had just read seven years of the same words, but never realized that there was no action behind them. That relationship amnesia, that habit of writing, venting, and then assuming that everything was resolved kind of kept me in that loop. Now, I'm not blaming the journaling, I'm not even blaming myself because I truly do believe that things happen the way they need to happen, when they need to happen, with the people it needs to happen with. It was that moment when I stood there looking at those two pages that spanned seven years. That was the wake-up call. Had I not had those pages of seven years of writing, I may still be in that it's like Groundhog Day loop. It would be the same thing every single day, but I wouldn't see it because I just wasn't remembering it. Don't know what convinced me to look at those two pages at the beginning and at the current time that I was in the relationship. I do believe that I'm usually guided by higher powers and my spirit guides, and they guide me in the direction that gives me the messages that I need. I'm just saying I can't really pinpoint as to why. I can't quantify it. I can only state, this is what I heard. And this is what I felt. I'm so grateful that I did keep a journal for as long as I did. I'm bummed (laughs) that I kept a journal for as long as I did because it was a band-aid to what I was going through. But when I saw how things were and how possibly things were going to be forever, those pages literally saved my life. After reading my life in my own words, And then comparing it to what was happening in the present day, I put the journals away again. And it took about three months. There's a certain level of safety or security or comfort that came from having that old version of myself. It was like just having a friend there, knowing what I had encountered, knowing what I had experienced. But I knew definitely there had come a time where I had to throw them out. Because now that I wrote, and now that I read, 
There was no other reason for them to be there. I know that for a fact because it actually took me three months of self-work, of healing, to get the courage up to get rid of the journals. Now, I only have one working journal at a time because even being attached to the process, being attached to your yoga practice, being attached to trying to achieve self-realization, being attached really to anything, and we can get attached to everything, leaves us vulnerable to not being able to see things as they really are, especially ourselves. When I felt stronger, when I knew I did not need those records anymore, I did throw them out. And there was a little bit of sadness that went along with it. A lot of sweat because it's a lot of boxes and a lot of books. A little bit of sadness, but also this new found hope that I had. I think I was holding on to that version or those versions of myself because if I didn't have them with me, if I wasn't holding on to them, then there had to be a forward movement, a new version of myself that was going to be created if I let go of that victim that I was in that relationship, that means that that relationship had to end. And again, everything happens exactly as it should. And I don't just mean the relationship end pragmatically. I mean ending inside of me. And that brought about its own sadness. Every time I wrote the story, I kept myself in the story instead of trying to find out what was behind the story. Every time I wrote, because I was writing about the same things, even though there was small little nuances to it and I didn't know it, I was writing about the same thing over and over and over again without realizing it. Remember, thought, word, and deed, without realizing it, staying stuck in the story, reporting the story, also helped to stay stuck in the story in my real life. Once I realized that it wasn't the story, that I had to write down, that the story was just a marker for the emotion that was right behind it. And once I allowed myself to really allow the emotion to come through, and by the way, this happens on a lot of different layers at a lot of different levels, and it's not just a one-off. So it comes in different waves. You know, the moment you think you've processed a particular situation or an emotion from a situation, you're only surprised to find out that there was another layer to it and another layer to it and another layer to it. So I don't want you to think that when we sit down and we address or allow these emotions to be expressed, that it's just going to be one and done. No, it's a, it's a process, but one that we really benefit from because at the end of the game, it's not the story that gives us the healing it's the release of the emotion that's behind the story. That's where the real healing happens. So I threw the journals out because I wasn't that person anymore. And again, I could have kept them. I could have written like my biography or something, but that girl doesn't live there anymore. And letting her go because it's okay now is actually a ceremony of healing all inside of itself. Although these days I still journal every once in a while, it's not an ongoing thing. It's not as intense as it used to be. 
These days, instead of journaling the story, I actually listen, let go, let myself process the emotion behind the story because the story is very interesting and we play these important parts and characters to it and we really identify with them. We misidentify with them far too much and then keep ourselves in the story. And the thing about the story is because we're playing a character, because we're playing a role and because we misidentify with the story, we're very protective of it. Even though we might think that we want solutions from our friends and our family, we really are more stuck in the story and to keep the story going than trying to find a solution. Because if we're not our stories, then who are we? And that, my friends, is the most important question that we can ever ask ourselves because we are in constant flux. We're constantly changing, sometimes for the better, sometimes not so great, but always for our higher self and our best interest. Remember, when things happen, they happen for us and not to us. Thank you for joining me today. It's always nice to share information with you. Please follow me on Instagram, Vicky Santana Yoga, V-I-K-K-Y Santana Yoga, or visit me on my website, www.vickysantana.com. And if you're interested in teaching yoga, which I highly recommend, but then again, I'm totally biased. We're starting a new teacher training curriculum, July 5th through the 29th, Coconut Creek, Florida at Evolution Yoga. Come and join me. It's always fun. It's always transformative. Even if you don't want to teach and you want to learn more about your practice, I always say the first person that you teach is yourself. Stay dope and make today epic. Deuces.